Morning Show with Ryan and Taylor. It is, what day is it? It's December 13th in Adelaide. Uh, and the purpose of the podcast is to talk to my friend Ryan about our thoughts and feelings about the week. How are you, Ryan? I'm good. I, I, I am good. That is, um, that is a thought and feeling. I'm, yeah, it's, 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 I'm, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> it is, it is mid-December now, right? So yeah. we are well in the appropriate time to start looking at the Christmas holiday. Uh, here, it's so weird being in Australia because we're out, it's, it's hot. It is so hot. Oh, I'm wearing no. shorts. It's not, it doesn't feel Christmassy. So I never really, like, I'm not going to get the same Christmassy feelings that I think I would get if I was in the Northern Hemisphere. I mean, is it but sort of you? like uh, celebrating the holidays in a warm state, like maybe like California or Florida, where there's yeah. this like weird, like, I guess we can embrace this because it's part of like Western Hemisphere tradition um and like a lot of folks celebrate it and there's this idea of like oh well things can like end but yeah seasonally it just doesn't really make any sense this idea of like you know warm and toasty at home and cold stuff and snow and skiing or i don't i don't actually know if skiing happens during the holidays i've never skied um so yeah no i yeah i bet that's that's sort of weird but i mean on on this side of the world, where uh, it's definitely cold, although it's kind of been unseasonably warm, because thank you, uh, climate change. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's fine. Uh, we were uh, my my folks and I were flocking to stores to uh, complete a Christmas related project, which we can talk about later. But uh, everywhere that we went in order we, to to gather supplies, it was just mobbed by people, as if. Yes, the pandemic was happening, but it wasn't going to stop folks from celebrating the holidays and, and raiding places of, yeah, their wares. So it's it's fine. It's not like it's, you know, and of course, we, we are full blown like panic mode. This is second wave, yeah. third wave, depending on who you're it. asking. Yeah. The tri-state area is not looking good. Indoor dining is about yeah. to be closed in New York City, I think, on um on monday uh it, new jersey's rates of infection are uh kind of they're hit almost like every both new jersey and new york as well as connecticut is kind of hovering in that like 10 percent range of, of of infection and or of cases that are like known and it's not it's not looking good 10 percent of the population is infected or 10% of the current infections are known and traceable the latter or no no no, no wait okay. 10, no wait no no is it is it it's not 10% i actually i know it's it is the latter it is the latter yeah so um it, mm -hmm. it, suffice to say right there's still a lot of uncertainty as to um i mean here's the thing it's a, it's about the level of beds and critical yeah. uh, health care that can be provided to folks and it's all just being like rerouted to areas that shouldn't you know that 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 that, that can offer that um i know in the pittsburgh area it's uh it's it's looking pretty bad and that uh most folks with like not emergency non-covid related cases are being routed to like children's hospitals because uh everywhere else needs like an actual bed so that's upsetting in many ways but yeah that it i it's it's all fine here you know uh 
That is, that's really upsetting. That's really scary. Yeah. And yeah, I've seen these, uh, you know, these social media mm-hmm. posts that are like, uh, top 10 deadliest days, uh, Pearl Harbor oh, yeah. last Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, 9-11 last Friday. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's getting worse and it's, it, so yeah, there's that, that strange, I don't know if I'd call it ambivalence, but it's definitely like a mixed feeling of like, oh yeah, we're supposed to be celebrating like the end of the year and you know, peace, mm-hmm. joy, love, yeah. all these warm and fuzzy feelings. And people and are just... Nine months ago, yeah. like, people were looking forward to this, mm-hmm. like, oh, it'll be, you know, maybe we miss summer and that stinks, but it'll all be done by the holidays. But just the actions that were needed to be taken were not taken. Nope. Nope. And, yep. uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd venture to say that we're, we're definitely paying for the Thanksgiving rush that everyone... Uh, kind of threw themselves into and all that holiday traveling uh, right now, so it's yeah. uh, it's really upsetting and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's that is that is our lot. <laughs> that's that's America. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. But uh, but it's warm in your neck of the woods, so that's yeah. that's that's neat. Yeah, it's cool. It's uh, yeah, getting up eighty, ninety, so and it's gonna get real hot. Yeah. So yeah, you. I mean, you. De- you folks definitely won't have a white Christmas. You might need. To, you yeah. know. So are you just wearing shorts all the time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it's great. I miss shorts. It's well. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the flipped. When it was your summer, is my winter. Mm. Right. I mean, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, enough COVID talk. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've. Yeah. yeah, we do it every week. There's nothing we can do. It's it's a way to express ourselves. It's important, but oh man, it's just like we're on this train and there's no conductor. Chugga 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 choo choo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what else would you like to talk about today, this morning, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor? Um, well, I had um. This past week, I've so I still live in a hostel, right? I'm still living in a hostel. I've been looking for a place to move out. It is uh, a couple days ago was the one year anniversary of when I arrived in Australia this time. Uh, so I've, I'm officially done with the yeah. visa that I had. Oh. And I'm on a bridging visa, and I exist in the gray area. That's of, real. Who knows about this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in the in the world of Australian immigration? And um, it's weird. And it's stressful, and I'm trying to figure stuff out, and I'm looking at, like, different careers and going back to school to get a student visa, and then trying to figure out longer-term pathways to uh, residency, and Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think, I think the thing that I'm going to start seriously investigating is becoming a teacher. Um, Something I hadn't considered before, because in America, teachers are underpaid and treated horribly, and it's not a real... I wouldn't say it's not a real career. It's a very important thing that people do, but it is just not supported by the American community, mm-hmm. <laughs> government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but here in Australia, they take it pretty seriously. And uh, yeah, it, it looks like there's they let 8,000-ish immigrants come in as a teacher, as that occupation. Really? And that's compared to 2,000 within the web developer uh, occupation, huh. which is... So, like, they're way more willing to acquire foreign teachers which is really interesting to me and i didn't even think about that because americans have such a different view on education right right worse um a worse view interesting uh well it's it's nice that at least yeah. you know yeah culturally the uh, teachers are seen in a very different light they're 
yeah. it sounds like they're incentivized right to to work and to stay in that field uh given all of the all of the work that that, that goes into that Oof. well um that's that's really neat and that's promising and it's nice that you're pursuing that as an, an as an option it seems like it was yep. that wasn't necessarily in the cards the last time we were talking about this new no this is all new i'm uh yeah i it's been a hard week because i've been trying to sort out this visa stuff mm -hmm. uh, i've also applied for this covid visa the covid visa uh, that's the colloquial name mm -hmm. is for <laughs> people working agriculture healthcare, aged care disability care uh and want to stay and can keep working um, because this is basically because foreigners pick all the fruit and take care of all the people mm -hmm. um, and they are not coming because they're not allowed in so <laughs> uh, so they have a there's a severe shortage of um, uh, farm workers uh, basically so I <laughs> have worked on an agricultural software product uh, with my previous company in Sydney, okay. and I applied for that as agricultural work, and there's like a big question mark mm. about, like, what does that count? On one hand, uh, the company needs people to do the work, and I am qualified and have already worked with them on that work. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it's software and it's tech, so it's not agriculture. I'm not picking fruit, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. maybe that's not what they intended. But that's not. It's up to the immigration officer to figure out. Wow, it's I, I I don't know how to interpret that. That's a that's a that's a that's a pickle. Um, just just a lot of uh, balls in the air, a lot of question marks in life. I I mean at right least now. you're probably for everybody. you're firing on all cylinders, right? You're gonna try every possible option, and uh, I don't know. Now I'm just thinking about you being a teacher and you reaching out to some ragtag motley crew of of youth and going through that like awful typical american stereotypical <laughs> uh narrative of like trying to reach out to these down and out youth and like how do i reach these kids and then there's a yeah. montage yep. of you somehow like getting not only to like their <laughs> academics but like to them as people and they just yeah oh, it's great it's great i think that that saccharine syrupy sweet timeline would totally work out for you because it'd be so off kilter and uh funny and <laughs> A lot of fun. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous. I, I just thought of this, like, last night I was lying in bed, and I was like, that's probably the thing that I should do, and mm -hmm. it's the clearest path. Besides nursing, which I also considered, Ooh. nursing, I would just get the job. Uh, or fruit picking, mm -hmm. you would, they just would, it would be three years of living in the desert picking oranges or whatever, and that sounds horrible, so... I can't do that one. I don't yeah. think I can do it. And let's not discount the, you know, the fact that like these are huge lifestyle and career changes that you'd be delving yeah. into, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, um yeah. and you know, there's there's a certain degree of I guess accreditation and certification that you'd probably need to and and yeah, education, right? Going to school just to even fulfill these uh, different types of roles. So, um they're not they're not not heavy decisions. That's true. And part of becoming a teacher would require getting like a formal certificate. Mm -hmm. I assume it's sort of the same way in the US. I believe that the way that it works is like, if I already have a degree, then I just need to do a year learning how to teach, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which sounds good. And in the back of my mind is always the partner visa. If I just meet somebody and we can prove that we've been together for a year, 
That is a partner visa, which is... <laughs> that's the easiest one. You can meet them <laughs> yeah. in school. And just be like, hey, we're, yeah, exactly. we're both yeah. pursuing the same thing. Why don't we... Yeah. Uh, well, uh, that yeah. is definitely an option, too. <laughs> yep. Well, that's what I've been thinking about this week. Have you thought about consulting any of our mutual friends who have taught abroad or um, are looking to... Uh, or have you, like, I think, leveraged study abroad experiences in these uh, in these particular fields? I haven't talked to anybody, I don't think, of our mutual friends, but I've had friends, and I've often considered, like, doing the teaching in Japan or teaching in mm -hmm, Korea mm -hmm. uh, track. And in the back of my mind, that's still, like, if I get kicked out of Australia, I'm going to Korea. And <laughs> they don't they don't have COVID there either. And I'll teach there for a year, and, uh, yeah. Because they are also, you know, unable to... Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. You know what? I don't know, and I'm not going to speak on the capabilities of that and, and the likelihoods of that. But in my mind, I'm thinking that a lot of Americans are now unable to teach in Asia. Yeah. And that's probably who was doing a lot of the English teaching. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, unless you're already abroad. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I'd i say, yeah, go for it. I mean, you know yeah. that I will, whatever happens, I will support you. So, <laughs> but you, it, it, I mean, it also, like, this is the, the, the clock is ticking or rather it's, it's pretty uneasy as to like what exactly, I, how long is, uh, your legitimate time in, <laughs> in Australia. Right. So I, I'm sure that that yeah. puts a lot of pressure on you and, uh, yeah, I, I hope, I hope you don't feel like you're scrambling or that um and i hope there's there there's some sort of community or people that you're maybe the folks that you're staying with that are supporting you or understand where this is going like that's what i want to know is like who is who can you count on to give you these options or has this all been kind of self-research self-led self-centered <laughs> no no in the like i don't know in the backpacker culture let's say yeah, yeah everybody's kind of looking out for each other everybody is playing the visa game especially mm. now uh, it is, you know, word on the wind is that a COVID visa should turn around in two to three days, which is extremely fast, uh, and that a tourist visa takes five to six months, and in that time, your bridging visa, you have the same working rights, so you can keep doing your job. Essentially, a year visa, a year-long working visa becomes a year-and-a-half visa. Yes, so there's totally people in the same boat, totally people who don't want to go home, uh, yeah, there's there's people around me supporting me. I have a wonderful friend who's going to nursing school. Um, she's great, and we may live together when we figure out the other thing, which is like I got to move out of this hostel. I got to live in a real space. Uh, <clears throat> which brings me to <laughs> I've had a number of let's say less than ideal roommates now. Okay. Uh, you know, you're living in a hostel. Randos are coming mm -hmm. in and out. Uh, I mentioned off off mic last week that I had a. When you describe people in a hostel, you usually use their nationality as a way to describe somebody. <laughs> but I don't want this to reflect on right, the right, nation right, of right, Finland. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I got a Finnish guy in my room who's uh, he's he's a white guy with dreads. Uh, he's been working, you know, in the desert doing the horrible farm work that. You know, if you come back from the desert, you're going to want somebody to rely on as a as a point of talking to, right? 
So he's using me as a, you know, a therapist, basically. And I'm just standing in the room and I'm taking whatever he's talking about. I don't know, he's working on the horses and he's putting fence posts. He's saying nothing. He's saying nothing. It is not a conversation worth repeating here because he just wants to get words out of his mouth and for another human being to listen, which is something that everybody should have. I understand that. But I'm also a human being, and I also have needs and wants, and I don't want to listen to somebody talk about nothing. Uh, and that's just, it's just one of the things that happens with living in a hostel. And then the thing that sort of pushed me off the line with that guy was 7 a.m., I'm kind of waking up, he's just getting back from the strip club. And he, uh, <laughs> he comes in, and I'm like asleep, and I wear a face mask, and I'm kind of rolling around. He knows that I'm awake. I know that he's there. So he says, hey, good morning. And I'm like, it's 7 a.m. This is like the, priv the one place Ooh. that you have privacy in the hostel. This is not, like, you don't... <sighs> uh, shouldn't, I, shouldn't I have a coffee first? You know, there's so many other things. But then, then he goes... <laughs> I'm about to censor this. He goes... Hey, you know it's uh it's forty dollars for a bear pussy lap dance at the store, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, I don't care, I don't care, dude, I don't. I'm trying to sleep. It is way more important for me to sleep than for me to hear about your stupid night. Uh, and he had gotten in a bar fight the two nights before that, so you know my whole my gut feeling on this guy is that this is just not a guy I want to hang out with. He's not a cool dude, you know. <sighs> so. My my uh, solution, I put solution in quotes, is that I just changed rooms. My room was, time was up, I needed to buy a new week anyway, so I was, I was just like, hey, can I move to room whatever? And the person was like, sure. Uh, and I was like, okay, so I get into this new room and I take a breath and I'm like, oh, I, I finally have a bit of privacy, there's nobody else in this room, smaller number of beds, likely fewer people to end up here. And I'm chilling out, and I'm relaxed, and I'm laying on my yoga mat, like, watching YouTube. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I get another roommate. He comes in. He's a, he's a German... Uh, you, know, you know, like, if I'm using himbo correctly... I, I believe in Seinfeld, they've utilized the term male bimbo. So, uh, yeah, 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 I think, I think that's, that's kosher. Suffice to say, I totally understand, like, by when you say, like, yep, that's... That kind of encapsulates it for me. Ah, uh, okay. So and so the the German himbo guy, he's a better guy. I I enjoy spending time with him. We can talk about video games. Uh, but he's also he's a very physically fit person who's very aware of fitness. Mm. And he's like asking me if you want to make dinner together, and I'm like, sure, whatever. Okay. Like, okay. Again, I want to be my own human being. I kind of don't want to make plans with a random person. I know that part of the the joy of living in a hostel is meeting people and having mm -hmm. these things, but I don't like scheduling my life around other people. I don't like coming back and having to talk about where I've been. Yeah, like, you're not an open book. Just like, oh, what'd you do today? I don't know, man. I went to work. What, do you, what did you do today? Oh, I went on a big hike. I saw a lizard. Great. All right. Okay. So we're both uh, an hour older. Great. Uh, mm. I, I'm, I'm being a little dickish here, but um, <laughs> he really wanted me to like see his really intense stretches and stuff and you know, he's just another human being seeking validation and connection with another human and I don't have the available bandwidth emotionally to do that with like the random parade of clowns that come through a dorm room every week so <laughs> I'm trying to find my own place uh, on top of all this visa stuff and it's just been a stressful week and I'm glad that I got to say all that yeah uh, <laughs> yeah thanks for sharing I hope that, that that gets some things off your chest
I would think that in a hostel, the because the arrangement is that you're spending time with all of these people and you're yeah you're, you're, you're making the most of that you also there's clear like definition or uh, conversation about boundaries and and yeah right and if folks can't inherently have that conversation then somehow that it's enforced by i guess hostile management <laughs> where it's like hey like you know well, we're all just kind of like and obviously that's the problem right is that like even though we I can mean, say that like common like, sense we're all adults and we should all be able to you know communicate those boundaries and 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 when when we sh when we can um that not everybody you know everybody's gonna have some uh moving target or moving definition as to what exactly boundaries or space or um yeah respecting people's privacy and autonomy is, is gonna look like i uh even you know no matter how sort of well-intentioned it may be that that said i don't know uh it may just be that the hostile environment is uh yeah just not conducive to what you want out of a living situation anymore i think that's that could be thing or i mean you because that's the thing though is that you could curate it as as much as you want but you're still at the mercy of like who you get right and everyone else is going to be operating on their own schedules and so they're going to be filtering in and out so yeah it's kind of yeah. yeah there's all the, there's and all these pros and cons right these boundaries are like part of the unspoken code of the backpacker that when you violate them they become like the dorm is a place for the dorm is the urinal of the bedroom wait you know it, as in you shouldn't be having long-winded conversations it is just slightly un uncomfortable yeah. not that you should be urinating in your bed you should not be doing that <laughs> uh but uh these idea of boundaries being communicated is like the thing that i'm ashamed of because i did not i have not approached either of these people and said hey you know what when we're in the dorm i'm just like trying to relax you know this is the only place for privacy if i'm asleep or reading a book you know we can have a short conversation but i kind of just want my own alone time like that's the adult way to handle it of course i know that intellectually and my uh checking out of the one room and checking into the other room was like avoiding i don't know destiny or god's plan or, or whatever i think though it's avoiding conflict right like that's yes, that's what that yeah. sounds like is like in rather than deal yeah. with this you know and kind of mire into that little uncomfortable part where it's like hey stop i do not want to hear about your yeah. late night escapades in such and mm -hmm. such place where like because you know what i was in Dreamtown. excuse me right like that's yeah. you know i i am supine i am covered in sheets like that's i am like why are you talking to me at this hour like why are you talking you know, to me uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's the, that's my title of my book yeah my autobiography why are you talking to me and that yeah that sounds like an avoidance of conflict and even if it's just like hey just just step off to coin a 90s phrase yeah. right um right yeah but yeah the avoidance of conflict though i feel shame in not uh facing that conflict head on i know that the right thing to do is to have these hard conversations and i know that uh my friend who i who i'll live with and is going to nursing school she would say uh you know you're not being present in the moment and that the reason you have these stressful thoughts and feelings is because you're not living in the moment is the yoga-y hippie-ish way uh and that all things all stresses can be solved by 
handling things in in this living in the moment way and not putting it off. You know, I'm putting off uh, these tough conversations because they're work. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to figure out how to reconcile that and is leaving the hostel because of one bad roommate, one slightly inconvenient roommate. Is that uh, also right. avoiding the moment, mm-hmm. also avoiding being in the moment? Uh, because I love the hostel and just like shout outs to the YHA. It's great. And I have a bunch of friends there and I love seeing them. I love having conversations outside of the dorm and chilling in the kitchen and like, yeah, having what I would call a normal level of uh, social interaction in the backpacker culture. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not looking for an answer. I'm just, yeah, just putting it out there, man. And that's the thing is like, I'm not totally in your shoes, right? Like I have no idea how poorly the one roommate or these other two have spoiled that that social contract for you and uh mm-hmm. yeah if, if i were in that situation and if it it, it you know I, and i could fully understand like how annoying and and how how and how important i, I really want to be able to to yeah claim my space how however how however limited it may be um yeah yeah it's i i understand how that how that how how important that is so um well i i mean more power to you however however you handle it uh of course success brings its own sort of problems so let's say hypothetically you're out of hostile town and then you gotta try living alone and um kind of, and then i'm too lonely like yeah. i know there's always gonna be a problem yeah absolutely yeah. exactly uh I do like this idea that it's you're you're constantly funneling people different who have such different backgrounds and and lived experiences and inherently you just you don't know what you're going to get uh, by the same token yeah, you don't I know what you're going it. to get yes it is it's great I met a guy who uh maybe I've talked about him before yeah. was an American guy who like did sound production for the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the band Blondie and uh, did like video production. And he's like traveling around and living in hostels because you meet so many characters and he like wants to be a screenwriter. Mm. And it's like a great way to get characters is like that Finnish guy is a character. This German guy Mm -hmm. is a character, like a clear defined (laughs) speaking of boundaries. These, these human beings have (laughs) boundaries around who they are Mm -hmm. that you can draw and write about. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And they're not I do love the hostile lifestyle. They're not just quirks, they're genuine like human qualities that they have embodied, right? And you're just able to get yeah. these and <sighs> compile them, uh collage them into yeah, this really vibrant uh colorful setting. I I I think it's neat and uh the idea of kind of basing all of your character characterization off of just boarding houses and and hostels is really neat uh that's a really inspired uh crafty take on it so i mean and that can inspire i think any kind of creative endeavor where you're just you're meeting these folks and they evoke uh, some type of feeling or cause and uh yeah you could write a song or a poem or i don't know, dedicate one thing or another to them that's really neat yeah or you can say that yeah, some somebody just made me feel so <laughs> annoyed. Well, I mean, you can make a podcast out of it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So speaking of like, so the problem with the hostel is that I feel like I don't have my own space, which means I'm spending a lot of time out of the hostel. Mm. 
And a consequence of that is I'm getting a lot of work done. I'm just like working on a bunch of personal projects. Okay. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll come back to that. The do you, have you ever been to a, a like a cyber cafe, like an internet cafe? Um, I think those are just called cafes in America, right? Because people are just often bringing <laughs> their own cyber activities. They'll bring sure. Um, but no, I know I know what you're talking about. Um, mm, let me think. Let me. Uh, you know, I don't think I've been to any dedicated space for like yeah, internet, and everyone's just like there for the internet. Aside from a library, but that's that is that is the unsexiest version of a cyber cafe. Well, I think libraries are very sexy, Ryan. But that's not <laughs> what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, like a gaming cafe. Like Ooh. so, in places where the internet is not consistent, not solid, and I would include Australia in that in the list of countries <laughs> that don't have great internet. Uh, there are gaming cafes where there's high-end PCs connected to fast internet in which people pay money to sit there and play a game or do whatever. You know, you're renting out computer time. Right. I do this, and I'm... I have a lot of shame about it. And uh, especially with, like, me trying to get away from my dorm and from the hostel, and then having to explain where I've been, I often don't want to say, oh, I paid eight bucks to play video games for three hours at a cyber cafe. But the reason... but. But uh, yeah, I mean, I but I do, and I like it. But I also view it as like, yeah, avoiding my problems. It's a um, pseudo. It's addiction, you know. It's right. it's escapism. Right. It's escapism yeah. is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you could be at the I don't know. You could be gambling. You could be at the casino. You could be at some. Uh, you could yeah. be at the bar. You know, some ostensibly stodgy activity and place doing this i mean at the end of the day though it's making you feel kind of bad guilty shameful for it's making me feel guilty yeah. because even in the idea of a casino or a bar there's a coolness about doing that but like mm. gaming is a nerdy uh uncultured thing for people who are weird right there's still this stigma around gaming and so to pay money and like it's just a it's a weird club. It's a weird place to be. <laughs> Are you a regular? Uh, yeah, they know me now. They have they know where okay. my computer desk is, and they're like, "Yo, your desk in the corner is open." Right, and I'm like, "Right, thanks." Right, <laughs> you know, in the cafe part, you can just like order the usual. It's uh, <laughs> uh, um yeah uh, yeah. I go get a bubble tea, and I sit down, and I play Overwatch for like three hours, or. I'm, I'm probably not allowed to, but I fill my backpack up with, like, three or four beers. And I drink them, like, in, you know, also another layer of shame, mm -hmm. another layer of escapism is I'm, like, bringing in alcohol to get high and play games, right? Yeah. Like, this is both something I want to be normalized, not necessarily the drinking and playing games as escapism. I think that's indicative of a deep emotional problem. But I think that... I want there to be a place where I can play games and drink and uh -huh. that not be ashamed. And I'm not also like, I think they know that I'm doing that and they just know that I'm like really chill. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm less, I'm not yelling obscenities uh, and, and slurs while other people are and I'm drinking. You know what right, I mean? Right. Right. I mean, you're not being put in a position where you're um, 
perhaps damaging or like hurting other people right like the only thing you're doing right. is just hurting yourself and yeah it's uh, <laughs> it's it's yeah right uh yeah i mean it sounds like it's it's just a i i mean yeah it's not not sexy it's uh but it's certainly benign compared to yeah. the the sexy uh, yeah, it's a noirish. I'm at the bar and I'm just like just backing yeah. them, you know, just just yeah, pouring them out or um, the casino where yeah, you're just you're destitute, but you just like want that rush of um, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's here's the thing. Like, does it aside from the shame and guilt? Does it at least like um. Does it make you feel okay, right? Like it's like okay, like this is it's it's there's a sense of control and yeah. yeah. Well, what it feels like is it's like a safe space mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I don't have in my dorm. Basically, it's like oh, here's the place. Here's one of the places I can relax. The other one is in my work, which is a paradox, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I come to the office at 9 p.m. because there isn't another human being here and that makes me feel good <laughs> you know or at least makes me feel safe feel comfortable feel like i can be myself in a way that hostile living does not allow right right I, so i don't know good 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 and bad maybe yeah I, boundaries need to be set i understand the work that needs to be done it's yeah I mean, I don't have an issue with you just, again, char carving out your own little space. And even though this space is in service of you avoiding conflict and and, and you um, <laughs> and, and you uh, essentially uh, kind of repudiating, right, this one space, it's 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 a way it's it's almost a reaction to to it's. Oh, you could you could be just yeah. thriving in your own like you you could make the hostel your internet cafe you could just be stationed off in a little corner and maybe folks like come visit but then mo maybe folks don't and it's it's yeah it's just your little slice but instead you have to just colonize a little other, other part of town to do that for you i don't know it's I, yeah. again it's not hurting anybody um it's not hurting anybody but potentially myself yes which is fine yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just want to explore that. And then uh, there's this whole like subculture of cyber cafeism, mm -hmm. which is like, look, most of the people there, most of the people running the place, they're Asian. And like, what does that say about like, why is that? I guess is, is the question. I don't have it's in Chinatown. Uh, there are several others. And like. Uh, yeah, this is not a question that I don't think we'll have a hard answer to, but I'm like, well, why is there this, uh, uh yeah, association? I think that's a, that's a really good question. And I think, you know, you, you probably get a better answer. Um, if you asked somebody who was there, like, Hey, like you're here. <laughs> why are you Asian? I'm here. No, not why you're Asian. <laughs> uh, but maybe you might be able to, uh, yeah, just glean some answers as to like what culturally or society like makes somebody of this particular background end up here. I think this is very niche and uh, probably not totally related to it, but it's interesting in that there is a phenomenon in Japan where uh folks i don't necessarily you don't necessarily have to be like male or an adult but uh essentially uh it's the equivalent of really just hunkering down in your like room and not leaving right and you know it's it's yeah. a um 
a phenomenon called uh, uh, ikikomori. Ikikomori, I think, yes. And yeah, you just you wake up and maybe you eat something up in the microwave for breakfast, and then you're just like on your computer, or you're you're just completely secluded in your room, mm. and your entire reality is surfing the web doing any sorts of projects online yeah. or gaming or what have you and folks will do this for years on end mm. and uh again i'm not like a sociologist but like there's the, yeah. you know, the there's this whole the documentaries the, the weird dark corner of the internet where i learn about this uh yep. research is that like yeah it's mostly a reaction to the extreme work culture that happens in a place like japan and how yeah just easier it's it's how how much easier it is to kind of build a social network uh yeah if you're just yeah in your room and you're kind of in these virtual uh gaming like scenarios and yeah it's it's a sense of building a sense of safety uh and control and it's uh, also, it's a way, yeah, uh, a way of repudiating all of those societal expectations that, uh, you know, yeah, force you to just work and be productive and somehow contribute to this, you know, and where you're wrong, like a piece of cloth. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's that's my surface level understanding as well as that's how that happens right but. um but i would say yeah too it's it's a way of like avoiding these really real world like <laughs> scenarios where yeah um yeah it's the world is dysfunctional and it asks too much of you and offers you very little in return and i remember early on in my uh psychology studies in like high school where we we're learning about the incidence of um mental illness and, and and issues mm -hmm. and it oftentimes happens around like your mid to late 20s when it <laughs> it kind of yeah coincides with all of these expectations that are placed onto you and how to navigate the world and so it makes probably does make sense that in this situation again very niche very specific very cultural that mm -hmm. folks are of yeah they're adults and it's often in response to um or in anticipation in apprehension of this professional and personal journey that folks are supposed to yeah embark on so you're having your own little maybe ikikomori moment i don't know yeah yeah, I mean, well, okay, like I top out at 3 hours, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then it's oh, 3. Well, well. How, Wait, I know. Are you doing like, that every is it day? a hobby or is it an escape? No, not every oh, day. Right. Like every three days, maybe. Four days. <laughs> right, it's like probably fine, but I'm noticing it, and if I'm noticing it, then I don't know. And I also was just interested in like the weird niche subculture, and it's amazing to have like a new fast computer that's like with a curved screen. Mm. It is just a pleasant experience to reach, I, I want to call it the epitome of technology, but like a much higher level of fidelity that I just don't get on my own. You know, I have a good uh, laptop, but it's not, it's not this good. Yeah. I've spoken enough about myself this time. I think I've shared oh. quite a bit. 
how are you? What's going on in your world? Oh, we I let's so I have been anticipating with slight I'd say yeah, it, I am ambivalent about <laughs> this uh new foray into health and wellness that I'm taking and I think it is a response to all of the yeah, the chaos that's going on right now and then just finding a different way to cope and I do want to mm -hmm. kind of I I want to be able to like do the whole literal self-care but then be very cynical and aware of how toxic maybe health and wellness culture can be. Uh okay. But I did get a Peloton and it did arrive yesterday afternoon. And uh, after some initial snags with equipment and getting started, I did find myself riding, uh, uh, taking a few classes on the bike. And aside from recognizing that I am incredibly out of shape, that I can see why there's a, a cult built around this um, and, and a cult of persuasion, maybe, to kind of qualify that. It's, uh, yeah, it has that sort, I mean, you're obviously, you're expending all this energy on a bike. I am sweating bullets. I look like, I, I look gross, like I need a mop after, after um, a certain class. Maybe I just have really poor form. But, yeah, and the little, I don't know, quasi-spiritual uh, little guru... Uh, messages b before during and after are really amusing i'm not really sure how to take that to heart but i also know that like folks really need that in terms you know in terms of motivation so uh yeah but with the seamless uh integration of technology right like i'm going to uh, unfortunately us uh yeah listeners can't visualize but i'm gonna i'll describe hopefully in vivid detail what is going on visually here at the bike so i'm flipping the camera here for taylor and uh yeah we've got this it's not gargantuan but it's not uh yeah it, it's it, it's certainly not i don't know facile maybe is the peloton is is a stationary exercise mm -hmm. bike with the large caveat that affixed to the front is what I would call the biggest screen I have ever seen oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, attached to an, I, uh, an exercise bit of equipment. This monitor is the equivalent of, like, yeah. it looks like a very, like, um, I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a, a, a Mac. It looks like All right. two iPads, like, just congealed with each other. No, it's actually, it's larger than that. It's huge. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's ginormous. Well, okay, so here's the question. Peloton... This bike, there's a software on it. Mm -hmm. When you turn on Peloton, it says it's choosing your profile, but is it an operating system? Like, can you go to Chrome and watch YouTube, or is it all locked into this ecosystem of, like, Peloton channels, find your your biking buddy? Yeah, what is the social technological aspect here? Um, so it's, it's basically all... Um, I think it's an app or some, like, I think, I remember when it was booting up, that was like Android booting up or what have you. Okay. And so, yep. um, I guess it's, it's own, it's, yeah, it's just like, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the proprietary technology is. 
exactly is, but I wonder if it's... But you can't, like, no, I... install other apps no. on it? It's just the Peloton no, app? No, Yeah, it's just the Peloton okay. app. Yeah, it just seems like a glorified version of the Peloton app, which is also accessible via your phone. And, uh, okay. yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's huge and chunky. You can cast it to a, to another screen. There's lots of Bluetooth connectivity and connectivity with your other apps, uh, namely like Fitbit, which is really convenient for me and Spotify. So you can save songs from classes and then put them on the playlist. Okay. So there's a, yeah, there, there's a degree of kind of cross functionality going on. You still though have to order your own specialized like cleats for this bike there are um special headphones that i thought i needed but i once i got them i did not because it's bluetooth compatible there are <laughs> uh little spots for uh weights because in addition to uh biking classes there are strength training involved and i think there's a way that they're they're actually synthesizing that strength training as well as the bike stuff so that's uh I, i'd be curious to explore that but yeah it's supposed to be this like all-in-one package this uh it, and and they also sell treadmills too but yeah it's it's kind of like that new thing where you're getting this boutique experience uh and i venture to say this is like top of the line or at least it's marketed yeah. as top of the line stuff it's not uh it is not cheap and nope it is can i ask how much it is uh altogether this package and with all the other bells and fixes uh bells and whistles two grand a little over two grand okay yeah that's a lot of money yeah, it is a lot uh, of money. when you when you bought that two grand <laughs> when you bought that two grand of exercise equipment uh, was the work done or did the work just begin? Are, are you buying mm. your wellness? And, uh, I mean, I suppose you've only had it for a day. Like I, you know, I wish you, uh, I want you to keep up with this and, uh, you know, stick to the regime or whatever, right. but it's only been a day. How do you feel? Um, I, I feel good. I mean, I'm, uh, let's, let's, let's just preface this with, like I, uh, before lockdown, I was going to spin classes at my local Y practically approximately okay. three times a week. And they, you know, it was a way to really kind of structure my day, uh, things to look yeah. forward to ways that I could, uh, find release in all of those yeah. stressful, petty moments of the day of the week. And, uh, yeah, it was really nice. Of course, this was in person. This was on a very janky like underfunded uh ymca but it was with them you know it was amongst a ragtag group of folks that i i became that was my regular spot right i became a regular there yeah, yeah. and uh the sense of yeah building community that way and i got to so i i really got got to get a sense of like you know a health and wellness regimen that i was really proud of and i think part of that is just part of this decision is pining for that so I could have just done something else, not really like gotten a bike. Maybe I could have just gotten like an outdoors bike and yeah. ride that along. But I w somehow yeah. I wanted this like complete 360 experience. Uh, totally. Yeah. That said, I don't know. 
if I'm, I mean, I, I'm giving myself the grace of like, okay, this is, I, I have a 30 day trial period. Right. And I'm leaning into yeah. like, if I, if I'm not, if not, I'm not gelling with this, then it, I will relinquish it. I will, I will send it home. But I think a lot of this is also peer pressure and caving into that cult of persuasion where I have friends who are on it, who are like sweating on classes and are extolling all of the, the benefits for them. And, okay. um, yeah. And all these classes are like somehow like high energy. There's like, uh, they're customized. Well, not custom, they are customizable, but there's like all different themes, like a fifties, you know, music one and for the festive one. And there's a pride version and it's somehow supposed to be, yeah, all inclusive. And I, yeah, I, and we've talked about like retail therapy before and just having, you yeah. know, yeah. So part of that I think is, is tying into it. Um, that said, this is a large investment. And given that the last time I was utilizing equipment in a space, I using a gym, um, I was not paying for anything because I was volunteering at the Y. So it was all just gravy. Now that I'm looking at the context of like, okay, well, let's say hypothetically a gym was, gyms were open. Actually, gyms are open, mm -hmm. I think, here, but it's what sort of gym should stay open in these times? Um, it is equivalent to a membership, right? I'm paying for the bike. Yeah. I'm paying for the Peloton membership. And if I stay with this thing for maybe a year and some change, maybe it's worth it'll it. it'll be worth it that said i totally. don't i don't know what's who knows if i'll uh what's the peloton membership is it a monthly fee it is a monthly fee uh it's how much is that? it's in the 35 39 range yeah okay. i know right. i know right. i know that's up there man. that is up there anything more than the spotify 9.99 a month is like okay yeah we're making because i use you know i think of spotify as a very high return on investment absolutely uh, not an endorsement of their business activities but yeah yeah uh, yeah. yeah i use yeah uh, 9.99 for spotify anything more than that i'm like okay i really got to be using this a lot i yeah but, okay i'm taking a lot of risks and I, I mean it sounds like you are and i'm i we'll see we'll see what happens um i am cautiously optimistic uh yeah i i certainly felt like i was uh putting in some level of work I know that I want to choose something that is a little, at least while I'm starting out, a little bit like low impact. And I want an instructor who does that whole like, I don't know, very warm, inviting, and then will maybe push me at various points. And I know that that's like, that's based on taste. Right now I am gelling really well with uh, Sam Yo, who has this very posh English accent uh, but also looks like he could destroy me. So it is like a very interesting, uh, yeah, combination. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Is the instructor live? Is it a live class or is it a pre-recorded recording? Some classes are live. So, and okay. yeah, I could, if I wanted to wake up at some ungodly hour and do that class live with everybody else. And like, if I hit certain milestones, maybe they'll like shout out, you know, they're all these users on there so like yeah there's a degree of like oh i'm accessing a community and there's people like doing all this these so social media things and high-fiving and hashtagging which is i think yeah. just window dressing like i don't know if anyone's actively engaging on that but i bet there i bet there are right people want that you know they're gamifying it right 
Yes, I was going to say, this reminds me a ton of Twitch. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. at five, ten years ago, if you said people watch other people play video games and they engage with, like, weird little doodles mm -hmm. and stuff in the chat features, I'd be like, weird. Cool, but weird. Yeah. But now I'm like, all right, I'm on board. Like, people engage with these things digitally. The longer we're in the digital age, the more accepting I think these things become. Right. And, you know, honestly, there's way worse ways to spend your time uh, in a digital world than, like, also exercise it with other people. I think that's that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't have to feel like it, it I don't know, tyrannizes uh, my life. Uh, if I can just spend 20 minutes on it a day, I guess I can be like, well, yeah, it's something better than nothing and somehow, like, justify um it's it's utility it's use but i don't know we will see i uh i'm i will certainly not be the last person to purchase a, a gift like this uh but i i hope that this is the, this yields a lot more returns uh and I, I if anything i do like the feeling of uh being part on uh yeah being part of those classes and being on a bike so but I hope that wasn't just because it was like in that specific place with that specific teacher. And if it is, then I'll know. Um, when you use an emoji, <laughs> what color is the emoji? Ah, uh, depends on the emoji. <laughs> but okay. I probably, since I could change it to my actual skin tone and color and, and uh, yeah, uh, gender, yeah, I, I, I would use that. Okay. Uh, yeah. I realize, though, that, like, there's, there's not nearly enough shades of, like, melanin to like maybe get me i don't know but it, it i i just use the closest approximation here's the but at the end of the day i'm often using those yellow faces uh yeah the standard emoji looks because yeah and i i still do i still type out the colon and the parentheses mm. so and does that auto convert for you because i realize we're getting into like i mean this is a tech and race yeah. discussion uh, which is like our, our, our ball, ballpark here. Uh, yeah, the, the faces emojis always seem to default to yellow. I'm sure I could figure out how to change them, but I don't. Yeah, the hand emojis, though, those seem to be the ones that I see other people using uh, a non-yellow mm -hmm, mm -hmm. non human skin color. <laughs> uh, yeah, hand emojis, ones that are a little bit more like, I don't know, uh creative like oh i'm in a chef hat or look at me i'm like saying i'm making an x with my arms or uh yeah i love the x with the arms yeah uh i am bowing down or I, actually i use this one a lot the shrug i use the yep. shrug one a lot so that's when i'm like, I like yes. the ascii mm. the ascii inversion of the shrug is still my favorite <laughs> when you're typing the high high line diagonal you know yeah, parentheses that's a good space, one <laughs> parentheses that's that's my favorite um do you ever see people using emoji yes <laughs> did you ever yes. find anybody's race out from their emojis i have not no i have seen people use folks of a different race and like uh here's the th sometimes in uh 
queer circles will use one of a different gender, right? It's like I'm gonna, or, or rather, not of a different gender that mm-hmm. maybe ha- is historically, typically, st- like traditionally assigned to another. But like, if I put in the like the uh, fingernail, um, yeah. like the manicure one, like yep. you know, that's I will use that one. Um, yeah, I use the dancing lady in the red. Dress. I use the dancing lady in the, one yeah, all the time because I don't think the disco one is really is accurate yeah i don't like the the pants on that one so but yes uh (laughs) i will i will see folks using uh that to more accurately describe their their skin tone as well as folks who are using that and where it doesn't accurately describe their skin tone and you could say that is an extension of like well like yeah sort of well, this exists, internet blackface, and 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 the way that people have been utilizing uh, mannerisms and and phrases and just um, taxonomy, the language of um, really populations of of people that yeah don't necessarily live their experience, and yet it's uh, it's part and parcel to their uh, to their language. They have they have they have. Uh, Ooh, colonized it is like basically, but I think appropriated is 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 probably the most um, yeah. um appropriate term, is yeah. Yeah, I've just been using Slack a lot more, and sometimes I'll see somebody using an emoji, an emoji of color, and I was like, uh, okay, yeah, I guess you're a person of color, and that could be my mm-hmm. like, I don't know, and I don't do i get to judge your race as a not like what what i mean do i have a horse in the race especially as a white guy yeah. like uh, well if you're i mean i mean this is new territory i'm trying to whack down the 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 foliage here and try to figure out what am i feeling wrong for feeling like you're not that dark like am i, am I being a bad person i don't know why i mean like why does it invite that discussion is you know however they're using like you know you see this emoji and you're like it does it does it throw you for a loop is it does it what is what is it what is it making you feel that you need to like interrogate that i mean it's making me feel like i'm seeing internet blackface but then i'm like well then i don't get to decide what Mm -hmm. race you are Mm -hmm. you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. that's what that's the problem is like sure yeah, you're uh, shade X X two, and uh, but I thought you were, I th- I thought you were white, right, right, <laughs> you know? right. Or, but I could be totally wrong also, and you can be a light skinned person of color, and that's that's yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, that is an uncomfortable moment, which may invite conflict, <laughs> right? Like, because then if you ask about that, and then if somebody nest- well, I'm not gonna no, ask. I, don't, I mean, I don't this think, is where I'm and, asking about. And, it. I'm not bringing that up. That, no way. Right? Like that's that's <laughs> nope. Like no oh, like how do you? Because then it could be seen as like calling them out, and then yes, but then it also yeah. like might let that continue to happen if it's like bad. Like I don't, especially if it is like kind of suspect behavior, and it does become like <laughs> exactly. you know. So, I, well, what is suspect? That's the problem. And I think, I mean, I'm leading you to a trick question. There is no, you cannot determine. Right. You don't get to say where the lines are, but <laughs> I mean, that's that's the question is. How do people determine their emoji color, dude? What is our emoji race? <laughs> oh gosh, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. I maybe, hopefully, 
like in that one South Park episode, it's just like this domineering shade of like brownish or like brownish grayish yeah. where it's like this but no um but no i i have, I have no idea and i don't really it's yeah. like yeah it, everybody it's it's like wearing clothes right how it's how do they decide um how do they make that choice but it's not like wearing clothes right because you don't get to you also don't get to pick your mm-hmm. race right mm-hmm. but there is always two people interpreting race mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know i mean i don't know I don't know. Uh, I'm glad that there are options uh, for race, and as you say, there should probably be more. Uh, more options are always better, especially in the digital space, right. because it's much easier to create a swath of uh, ways to express yourself. When it's tied to your physical self as well, in the example of race, and obviously to a much lesser... We mentioned gender. Mm-hmm. I use uh, non-male gendered emojis, and emojis aren't even a gender. Like, obviously, it's like it gets really tricky to talk about these things. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's just something on my mind. Yeah, I, I, I think that that big question of like, okay, isn't the internet or like, yeah, the, the digital world supposed to be this democratized space? And like, yes. But, like, folks also want to be able to, like, celebrate their differences and celebrate how unique they are. I mean, like, it's just, I guess it's like any any arena, right? How do we make space for all? Um, yeah. And yet uh, celebrate and indicate when those differences, uh, and yeah, count. So, I don't know. The short answer is, I don't know. Shrug. Shrug emoji. I am just li- shrug emoji. Yeah, literally manifesting shrug. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. What is yeah. more universal? That's, that's just something that... Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that sex emojis are definitely... The, that's probably the most universal, right? The peach. You mean the eggplant? The eggplant. The yeah. You know, maybe throw in the the raindrops, but, like, they're diagonal. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's a squirt. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one's always seemed like a stretch to me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little... I get the suggestiveness, but it's also, like, a little... I don't know. It's whatever. And it, that, that, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, that's the show. <laughs> that's the show. That's the show. Thanks for, uh, yeah. Thanks, Thanks for tagging along. That. Yep. Um, I hope you have a great week, Taylor. Uh, I hope you have a great week, Ryan. I hope the Peloton treats you well. Yeah. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, I hope your, uh, roommate situation somehow fixes itself i hope that you just walk into your room one day and they're just like hey i realized that i'm just gonna leave you alone now um (laughs) i read your body language and everything and i just and your mind and i just (sighs) i literally uh... like got naked in front of the finnish guy put on my pajamas crawled into bed put on my headphones and started watching youtube and he was talking to me the whole time Isn't that? I don't know, man. Some people. Some people. It's not mine. It's other people. Uh, Uh. That—that—that's the clearest. I mean, if you—you know—if you were doing that to me, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, I'm out. (laughs) I'm leaving. (laughs) That is—that is a metaphysical door that has closed. This is is my butt. You're literally talking to my butt. (laughs) Yeah. It's not saying anything back. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, listener, for following along. I hope you also have a wonderful week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.